We serve an incredible God. Come on, folks. Right about now on your computer screens, there should be going up a bunch of thumbs up. Welcome to Church Online. Good morning. Hey, I'd, I'd rather be in person, but thank God for the opportunity. Because of the snowstorm, we're able to meet this way. And I, I just want to remind you that because we're not able to meet in person today, next Sunday will be Mission Sunday. In fact, uh, Tara Matthews has an important uh, uh, update to bring to you at the church on, on her next steps for the mission field, and we'll receive our missions offering, and then in two weeks, the second Sunday of the month, will be our communion Sunday. But once again, welcome as we take a look at the life of Elijah, one, Elisha one more time. Well, in week one, we talked about a ridiculous commitment, and if you can remember, we were burning plows. On week two, we, we talked about a ridiculous faith, and we found ourselves digging ditches. Last week, we talked about a ridiculous provision, and we found ourselves gathering and collecting jars. Yesterday, we were digging snow. No, I'm sorry, shoveling snow. I mean, well, let's just forget about that. That's, that's not in my notes. But today, we're going to talk about a ridiculous provision, a ridiculous recovery, a ridiculous recovery, and it's almost prophetic. This message was almost prophetic because when we first talked about this series, who knew that we would be recovering from a snowstorm? And today we're going to take a look at a really cool miracle that's found in the life of Elisha where there's a floating axe head. But before we get into the message today, have have you ever misplaced something and you start looking for that thing you have misplaced? Yeah, it can be very frustrating. I'm, I'm at the point in life where when I leave the church office to go on an errand or something, I'll, I'll do this. I go, keys, wallet, cell phone. Cell phone. Where's, where's my cell phone? And, and someone in the office will, will say, do you want me to ring it? And I'll say, it won't help because it's on silent. Well, why is it on silent? Well, never. We don't need to go there. But um, it was about six weeks ago. I got to the office in the morning and I'm like, where's, where's my cell phone? And, and you start to panic. And then I said, okay, let me retrace my steps. I, I know that when I got done swimming and I was in the car, I, I, I looked at my phone. So I know I didn't leave it at the gym. And then I was retracing my steps. I had to stop at ShopRite to, to pick up something. And then I went to Dunkin' Donuts and got a cup of coffee. And, and immediately I said, I must have laid it on the counter at Dunkin' Donuts. I, I ran up to Dunkin' Donuts and, and wouldn't you know it, there, there's this line so you didn't want to be rude and, and, and skirt the line. So I'm sitting there just waiting, waiting. I get up and, and I say, hey, did, did anybody find a cell phone? I, I left my cell phone here. And they go, no, no one turned in the cell phone. Frank, did you see a phone? No, Maria, did you find? No, nobody left a cell phone. And, and all of a sudden, you know, you start to break out in a cold sweat a little bit. And, and I got in the car, went up to ShopRite. I went to the courtesy counter and I said, hey, did, did anybody return in a cell phone? I think I left my cell phone here. No, nobody turned in the cell phone. Boom, 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 boom. I said, let me check out with the cashier. So I, I went to the cashier that I used. I said, 
did you find my cell phone? And she says, oh, I thought you would be back. And she handed me my cell phone in a Ziploc bag with a sanitized wipe inside of it. Have you ever lost something and wish you didn't find it? I, I just thanked her. I was so appreciative. And I kind of walked out thinking that maybe I, I had the plague. But when you think about it, really, cell phones do carry a, a lot of germs. But today, I, I want to talk about losing something else. I want to talk about, in your walk of life, have, have you lost something that was spiritual in nature? In your Christian journey, maybe some of you at one time have lost something spiritual in nature, or, or maybe even today, sitting in that couch, sitting in your home, sitting in front of the computer, sitting in front of the TV screen, you feel like you've lost something spiritually. Maybe it's your passion. Maybe your, your passion isn't burning for the Lord like it once used to. Or maybe you don't have a sense of peace, a peace that passeth all understanding like you once had. Or maybe it's your prayer life. Maybe you don't pray like you used to. Or maybe you've lost some of that joy that is unspeakable and full of glory. You, you just don't have that joy that is full of glory anymore. Or, or perhaps your faith is not what it once was. Or perhaps maybe you, you're just not as committed to the cause of God. Maybe your church attendance hasn't been what it once used to be and, and, and the flame isn't burning as bright. You've lost something that's very important, something spiritual along your way. Well, today, I have to be honest, we're, we're going to look at one of, the, one of the strangest miracles that I have found in God's Word. One of the oddest miracles. If, if you really think about some of the miracles that Elisha performed, they were very significant. Like there was a town that had the water went bad and, and they told Elisha about it. And they, he, Elijah gets this little bowl, he sprinkles some salt and he goes to the spring. He pours the water, the, the water from the bowl and the salted water into the spring and all of a sudden the, the water is healed. Well, what about that woman whose son died and he raised him back to life? And what about the widow woman whose husband died and left her in debt and the creditors were going to come and take her two sons and God provided that miraculous provision. And how about the healing of Naaman, the commander who had leprosy? And did you know, in fact, we, we may take a look at this story next week, that Elijah had a whole army set to blindness so that he could advance. Well, today, let's take a look at 2 Kings chapter 6 
at what I consider one of the oddest miracles in the Bible. It says that the company of the prophets said to Elijah, these are a bunch of seminary students studying to be prophets here, look, the place where we meet with you is, is too small. It's, it's too small for us. Let us go to the Jordan where each of us can get a pole, chop down a tree, and we can build a bigger place there to live. And he said, go. Elijah put his stamp of approval on. He said, go. Then one of them said, won't you please come with your servants? And he went with them. It goes on to say, they went to the Jordan and began to cut down trees. As one of them was cutting down a tree, the iron head fell off and flew into the water. Oh my Lord! He cried out. It was borrowed. Now when you first read this, I don't know if you're like me, but the first thing I think about is, why? Here's a bunch of students going about good. They got permission from their master to build a bigger place, to chop down trees so they could have a bigger facility to meet, to be mentored like Elijah mentored Elisha. Now Elisha is mentoring this company of prophets. He puts his stamp approval on it and they're going about good. And all of a sudden, there's a mishap. An axe head flies off that was from a borrowed axe and falls into the Jordan, sinks among the running current. And all you can think of is, why? Have, let me ask you, have, have you ever asked that question, why? You were about going good. You had good intentions. You were doing something for the Lord. And all of a sudden, something happened, and it's like, why? Two weeks ago, I was going home from church on a Sunday, and I was on Route 79. It was about 1 o'clock, and right by ShopRite, there where 33 comes and merges with 79, and there's an entrance and an exit there for ShopRite. And as 33 comes down, it says yield, and it says no turns. And I'm just going, minding my own business. I see a car coming down, and all of a sudden, they decided to take a left-hand turn into ShopRite, and yet plowed me in my passenger door. And the first thing I said was, why? Why? I, I didn't do anything wrong. I'm just coming home from church. Why? Well, I'm sure you've had a situation like that before where you've done nothing wrong, something goes wrong, and you ask yourself that question, why? Well, are you ready? I'm, I'm about to give you the answer. The answer to that question, why? It's very deep, and it's very profound. Are you ready for the answer to that question why? 
Because mishaps happen. Mishaps happen. Accidents happen. We, we live in an imperfect world where mishaps, accidents, axe handles fly off. They happen. But in the midst of these mishaps, despite mishaps, please take note. God cares. How do I know? Well, listen to what the very next verse says. The man of God asked, where did it fall? And the student showed him the place. Elisha cuts a stick, threw it into water at the very place where that axe head went. And before you know it, that iron axe head floated to the top of the water. God cares even among the wise. God cares even among the mishaps. God cares even about the little things in life. It was in the mid-1700s, Jonathan Edwards was preaching on this passage of Scripture, and he said this, and I quote, Not one concern of ours is small if we belong to Him. Not one concern of ours is small if we belong to Him. To teach us this, the Lord of all once made an axe head swim. Well, there's one main thought today, and here's the main thought. God knows how to help you find what you didn't mean to lose. God knows how to help you find what you didn't mean to lose. There's some of us who we didn't mean to lose our spiritual edge. We didn't mean to lose our passion. We, we didn't mean to lose our peace, our joy. It, it just happened. Well, God knows how to help you find what you didn't mean to lose. So how do we go about recovering that which we didn't mean to lose? First and foremost, you have to admit that you have lost something. You have to admit a problem. This student cries out, Oh my Lord! It was borrowed. I've lost something. Listen, one of the hardest things is to admit is to admit that you have a problem. But the first step to recovery is that you have to admit that you have a problem. That you've lost your spiritual edge or, or that you lost something that you didn't mean to lose. He was busy about doing the work of God. He was about doing good. He was about building a bigger building. But suddenly, he was no longer effective because the axe had flew off. 
and he had to admit that he had a problem. Now think about it, this young student could have reacted in other ways instead. When that axe had flew off into the body of water, you know, he, he probably could have admitted, wow, now I have an excuse not to work anymore. And he, he probably could have ordered a, well, Pastor Matt's got me addicted to this drink at Starbucks, and I'll probably get it wrong, but it's a, a salted caramel cream cold brew. It's a cold coffee with this sweet cream that's a little salted and caramel. You, you only pay $15.95 for it. And he could have ordered one, sat under the shade tree, and thought, wow, what a good God he has, because now I don't have to work. Or, perhaps... He could have used this as an excuse not only to relax, but to realize that maybe God didn't want him to do the work. Maybe he wasn't good at chopping trees, and that's why the axe head flew off. And, and God has a strange way of speaking to us, so therefore I don't have to participate in the help of everybody else building this bigger building. Or, on the other hand, Maybe he could have refused to admit that he lost the axe head. I'm not going to confess it. If I confess it, then I won't have it. And he could have just started using what he had without the sharpness of the axe, just trying to keep chopping down the trees. But you know what would have happened? He would have remained not long. He would no longer be affected. And all he would be doing is making a bunch of noise. Why? Because he lost his spiritual edge. And how many times in our Christian walk, in our Christian journey, do we not admit that we've lost something along the way? Maybe it's your spiritual edge. Maybe it's your peace. Maybe it's your joy. Maybe it's a faith. And you keep going about trying to do something Wondering why you're no longer effective. Well, the first thing we need to do is admit we've, we've lost something. We've lost our spiritual edge. Secondly, like this young seminary student, you have to be honest about where you lost it. The man of God asked, where did it fall? And this student took him and showed him the very spot where the axe head fell into the water. I think most of you know that when you've lost something, the best way to retrieve it is to retrace your steps. Think about where it is that you lost it. Somewhere along the way, we didn't plan it, but we lost it. And you got to find out where it was, where you were when you lost it. Where you were when you fell into that rut. Where you were when you became less consistent. Where it was when you became a little indifferent. 
Maybe it was because you got your feelings hurt. Or maybe you lost your cutting edge because you stopped praying. Or didn't start reading the word regularly. You stopped on a daily basis. You got to retrace your steps to find out where you lost it. Have you lost your cutting edge? Can you retrace your steps? Are your talents and the resources of value? Are of value to you that you can retrace to where you lost that what you once had? There's a kind of interesting scripture verse in Revelation chapter 2 that talks about this very same thing where the messenger of the church of Ephesus in a letter says to the church in Ephesus, says to the Ephesians, you have forsaken your first love. You, you have lost your first love. You, you've lost that passion. You've lost that commitment. You have forsaken your first love. Remember the heights from which you have fallen. Repent. And do the things you did at first. Go back. Retrace your steps to when you fell. And how do you recover? You start doing those things that you once did before. I think that's pretty great advice. This man, this student, showed Elisha the very spot where he lost his cutting edge. He admitted he had a problem. He took Elijah to the spot where he lost it. And then third, with God's help, he took back what he lost. Admit you have a problem. Find a spot where you lost it. And then with God's help, take back what you lost. Elijah cuts a stick, throws it in the water, and miraculously this, this axe head floats. And he tells his student, listen, listen to what he tells his student. Lift it out. Lift it out. Then the man reached out his hand and took it. When you start to recover something, don't be surprised that you don't hear a voice saying, you'll never get it. You'll never get it back. It's lost for good. It's out of reach. As soon as you start to reach, it's going to sink. We know that there's an enemy that doesn't want us to recover that which we have lost. But I want you to know that we serve a God who's all about reconciliation. We, are God, we serve a God who's all about restoration and wants us to recover that which we have lost. In fact, in Joel chapter 2, it, it talks about how the Lord will restore the years the locusts have eaten.
We serve a God who cares about that which we have lost. And he wants us to recover. But you got to lift it. you got to reach. you got to take it. How many believe we, we serve a God who can do anything? I do. And I was thinking about this story as this man was chopping down this tree and, and the axe head flew off into the water. God could have miraculously taken that axe head and have it fly out of the water through the air and place it back on the stick. But there was something about this student where the Lord wanted him to be involved in the recovery process by reaching it and taking it. And you know, I think many times that's how God works in our life. God is all about the recovery process and he will bring the axe head to the surface. He will bring the solution to the service, to the surface, but you gotta reach out and take it. I can't tell you how many times in my personal devotional life, in my devotional time, I'm, I'm reading and all of a sudden, God will bring to the surface the answer to the problem. But then it's up to me to walk and fulfill it. God caused the solution to surface. But my friends, you got to take a hold of it. Think about the last three weeks. It's only God who can send water. But they had to dig ditches. It was only God who could multiply oil. But this woman and her two sons had to collect jars. It's only God that can make an axe head float. But yet it was this young man who had to lift it up out of the water. This young student who was a part of the company of the prophets lost something that was important to him because it was borrowed. And he wanted it recovered. First, he had to admit that he had a problem. Second, he had to go to the spot where he lost it. And third, he had to take responsibility with God's help to reach out and grab it. Hey, if, if you've lost your spiritual edge, if you've lost something spiritual, would you admit it today? Would you retrace your steps and see where you lost it? And with God's help, with God's help, Will you take back that which you have lost? Would you bow your heads with me? Father, thank you for this time. That even though we can't today, because of the circumstances, be in person. But Lord, you come into each one's heart. You come into each one's home. Your Holy Spirit is ever present. And right now, Lord, I know there are people listening who have realized that they've lost something of spiritual value 
And may today they admit that they have lost it, that they, it, it's not what it once used to be. May they retrace their steps and go back to that place where they lost it. And God, would you bring the solution to surface? And with your help, may we reach out and recover that which we have lost. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, can't wait to see you next week in person. We, we have another special announcement, but I want to save it to we can be in person for next week so we can glorify the incredible God we serve. God bless you. Be well. Stay safe.